The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii, Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Good morning and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm here, Pastor Billy Hahn, Jr., and I'd like to thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade Telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XD TV, Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC, Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KB TV, Channel 8, and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, Channel 28 in Eureka. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Charter Cable Channel 1519 in Los Angeles. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA-TV, Channel 15.3 and Comcast Channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you would like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church is located at 1043 Middle Street, the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world, with a sign of the roof of the temple of Jesus coming soon. A landmark in Kali for 99 years and our prayer tower the first of its kind in Hawaii, used exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William Monsignor, in 1959, who continued the gospel work to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you. Our television audience sings wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and convalescent and homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. The church choir will begin our musical program with an inspiring song entitled, I Can Only Imagine, led by choir director Emilia Hahn. They are accompanied by Edith Matsuka on the piano and Rose Pohaku Carter on the organ. 
Can you imagine what it will be like to be with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to meet Him in clouds of glory when He calls His people home? That is the hope of our salvation, saints and friends, as we continue to press forward with Jesus. Thank you. 
Up next, members of the church band will play Litany and Alleluia, led by yours truly.
call upon associate pastor Sith Makanasana Sr., our soloist for today, who will sing Worthy of Worship. He's accompanied by Christy Hahn on the piano, associate pastor Mario Rubin on the bass, trusty associate pastor Evan Spoke Sr., and Mason Asana Sr. on the guitars. Our Lord is truly worthy of worship and praise, honor, and glory. When we allow Him into our lives, Jesus is our provider, comforter, guide, and friend. He sustains and strengthens and keeps us going onward and forward with Him. Worthy of worship, worthy of praise, worthy of honor and glory, worthy of all the glad songs we can sing, worthy of all of the offerings we bring, you are worthy, Father, Creator, you are worthy, Savior, Sustainer, you are worthy.
For their second number, members of the church choir will sing, He Will Carry You. What a comfort to know when we stumble and fall, we have Jesus to pick us up and carry us through whatever we are going through. Surely there is no problem too big, no storm too dark, no sorrow too deep. He cannot take us through.
We have an instrumental number by Punahele Kapuni, who will play on the odd harp, No Not One. She is also accompanied by Yoshua on the piano and Iris Locke on the drums. We have a vocal duet today by Associate Bass Marvin and Sherlyn Abing, who will sing Spirit Song. This beautiful number is dedicated to Randy and Kimberly Gomes of Honolulu, Hawaii. May the Lord bless you with much joy and happiness, and His blessings are poured forth upon you, pressed down and overflowing. Have a wonderful, blessed day. Son of God and for you with his spirit and his love let him fill your heart and satisfy your soul
Praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I'd like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV Channel 28 in Eureka. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Charter Cable Channel 1519 in Los Angeles. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station kqta TV channel 15.3 and Comcast channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY channel 9 in Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. 
from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and Paso, Nevada, and Wyoming. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about gospel work and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now, concerning our scheduled gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanero Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Walter I. Tinloi in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Y. Asano Sr. in Koloha, Hawaii, by Pastor Hannibal Espara in Bologo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espara and President Rojas Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. At our Maui Branch Church in Lahaina, Maui, services are held every second Sunday of the month. You are welcome to attend these services God loves church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to return our program back to head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. Many of you have called or sent in notes to us which say how much you have enjoyed our weekly telecast. I sincerely hope that you consequently, you will encourage other family members, not of your household and friends, to join in watching these weekly telecasts of worship. Ensure the Lord will bless you for it. My sermon today is entitled, Hold On to Your Birthright. What does the word birthright mean? It means the right of the firstborn, that to which one is entitled by virtue of birth. We read in Genesis 25:23, And the Lord said unto her, that is Rebekah, Two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. There were twins in her womb, and the first came out red, and they called his name Esau. Following thereafter was his brother Jacob. We read in the 27th verse, And the boys grew. And Esau was a cunning hunter and a man of the field. And Jacob was a plain man, dwelling in tents. In many ways, Esau was more manly and more attractive than Jacob. But he lacked faith, the one important thing in God's sight. It was not just that he cared more for earthly rather than heavenly things. After all, Jacob did too, during the first part of his life. However, Esau did not believe God's promises. If he had, he could not have thrown away so easily and without second thought, Jacob. On the other hand, believed on him, yet pursued them in a wrongly manner and for selfish reasons. Still, he took God at his word. Thus, God honored his faith. And though he had to discipline Jacob, he gave Jacob the blessing. Esau, Isaac loved Esau because he did eat of his venison, but Rebekah loved Jacob. One day, Esau came from the field of the world and was tired. Esau asked to be fed with the pottage. We read in verses 31, 33, and Jacob said, sell me this day thy birthright. And Esau said, behold, I'm at the point to die, and what profit shall this birthright do to me? 
And Jacob said, Swear to me this day. And he swore unto him, and he sold his birthright unto Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils, and he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Thus Esau scorned his birthright and placed no value upon it. He had no meaning for him. When we lose our sense of values, everything becomes worse, everything within the heart of man. Many people today are losing their sense of direction. We see it clearly illustrated in what Esau said, What shall this birthright profit me? The birthright includes the promises of eternal life, of God, of reality, of righteousness, of purity, of living a good, well-balanced Christian life. Today, man turns his back on his true birthright and turns instead to drugs, alcohol, crime, and immorality more than the history of the world has ever known. The act of selling one's birthright for a mere moment of fleshy gratification or for a morsel of meat was despised because the birthright was a spiritual thing and had value only if there was faith to understand or comprehend it. What is faith? Read in Hebrews 11.1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is simply taking God at His word. It is important to remember that God has never had two ways of saving mankind. There is only one way, and Jesus is that way. Read verses 3 and 6. six. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Scholars and scientists throughout the centuries have theorized and speculated as to the origin of the universe. How did it come into being in the first place? To those who have faith in God, there is no mystery. They believe the word of God and that he created all things. The most uneducated Christian is troubled less about the mysteries of life and matter than the greatest non-Christian scientist. For the true born-again believer knows by faith that God's word is true, and that is enough for him. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Thus, we see Esau not only lost his sense of values, but joining himself to godless generations by marrying their daughters. Today, the spirit of Esau is sweeping the nation since humanity seems determined to do everything that is contrary to God's word. There are people who do anything to show their scorn and ridicule towards Jesus Christ. Our birthright is to be the children of God. How can we do that, you may ask? We accomplish it by being born of water and of the spirit, as found in John 3, 5. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And in the seventh verse, he reads, Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. Today, many are haughty and full of pride and will not come down from the tree of the world to accept Jesus. To my viewers, I say, keeping the law, going to church, being religious, and following a religious creed to the very letter will not save you. Your wife, your minister, your church cannot save you. Only the name of Jesus will save you and remit your sins. Reading Acts 2.38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Why must you be born again? It's simple, the Lord Jesus Christ said. So, that ought to settle it. There should be no reason for argument. When he who is the almighty God says you must be born again, he ought to know. We all inherit a sinful nature. This nature we all receive from our first father, Adam, is fallen. 
corrupt and sinful. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. God tells us that the heart of man is desperately wicked and deceived above all things. How can one be born again? He must be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by immersion in water. Baptism means to dip, plunge, or immerse, not sprinkle or pour, and baptism is essential to salvation. Jesus tells us in Mark 16, 16, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but that he that believeth not shall be damned. So choose you this day whom you will serve, God or the devil. The choice is yours. To be born as a spirit to speak in an unknown tongue, the only Bible evidence given to confirm one has received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Why is the name of Jesus so important in baptism, you ask? Acts 4, 12 clearly states, Neither is there salvation in any other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. This is our birthright. We forsake this birthright, we forsake God. To be born again Christian is as natural as for a fish to remain in water. When a fish is out of the water, he is not going to live long, for he is out of his natural habitation. Likewise, when individuals are living apart from God, they are out of their natural habitation. The result is spiritual death. Esau was dominated by a natural appetite, not spiritual. When the appetite of the world takes over, it kills the body. Reading 1 John 2:15, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. In other words, do not give first place in your affections and interests to anything that belongs only to the world system that you can see or to the age in which you live, to worldly amusement and habits which do not glorify God. Choose rather that which will abide forever. God so loved the world and mankind that He gave His only begotten Son for it. We too should love the world in that way, being willing to give even our lives if need be in order that we might lead others to Jesus. Read verses 16 to 17. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Yes, there is pleasure in the world, and there is pleasure in sin. But the pleasure of sin is only for a season. When lust is conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it finished, bringeth forth death. For the pleasures of the world, Esau lost his blessing. There isn't anything or anyone in this world worth the loss of your blessing. After Esau sold his birthright, he went to Isaac, reading Genesis 27, 38. And Esau said unto his father, Has thou but one blessing, my father? Bless me even me also, O my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. Esau cried not because of his sin of taking his birthright lightly, but because the hundredfold blessing went to Jacob. He pleaded for the blessing, but his effort to repent was entirely too late. For as recorded in Scripture, he had no chance to recall the choice that he had made, though he saw it bitterly with tears, as you read in Hebrews 12, 16 to 17. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person, as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For you know how that after it would, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance though he sought it carefully with tears. This is a warning when you make a decision to let go of God and the wonderful promise that God has given you. Remember, you may make a choice, but you will have no other opportunity to rescind it. And speaking about fornication in a spiritual sense, if you have found the truth and wander away from the truth by going from church to church, you are committing spiritual fornication. 
In the natural sense, you commit fornication when you have sex with any number of partners outside of marriage. Reading Genesis 27, 36, Esau said, Is not he rightly named Jacob, for he had supplanted me these two times? And he took away my birthright, and now, behold, now he had taken away my blessing. And he said, Hadst thou not reserved a blessing for me? However, this is a fulfillment of the prophetic statement. The elder shall serve the younger. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. God never changes his mind when he makes a promise. Jacob was a cheat and a liar, yet God chose him. When Jacob wrestled the angel of the Lord, he would not let go until he received a blessing. Read in Genesis 32, 27, 28. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and has prevailed. Israel means a soldier and a fighter of God. We could compare Esau and the prodigal son. The prodigal son despised his birthright too, but he was restored and forgiven. Read in Luke 15, 12 to 13. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that fall to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with righteous living. Yes, he went down to the bottom of the barrel. You might say he turned to the world just as Esau did and wasted all that he had, but there was a difference. He came to himself. About the time his money was gone, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farm to hire him to feed pigs. The boy became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him and no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired help have had food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. Therefore, we see that after the prodigal son ended up in the pig pen, he came to himself. Would to God that all the prodigal sons, the backsliders, the lukewarm, the broken heart of the world who are wallowing in pig pens come to themselves. The prodigal son repented not just with tears, but in sincerity and in truth. It was heartfelt repentance. Read verse 18, 19, I will rise and go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. Just being sorry for one's sins is not enough. One must have godly sorrow. It is the only kind that worketh repentance. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 7, 10, For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. Remembers Lot's wife? She looked back and became a pillar of salt. The prodigal son repented with godly repentance and found forgiveness. He arose, separated himself from the God, and returned to his father. Furthermore, he didn't bring home a pig under each arm. He made a complete break. I must remind you that you cannot come to God and bring the world under one arm and the devil under the other. You cannot serve two masters. The heart is not big enough for two masters. This body can connect, cannot contain two spirits. Read in 2 Corinthians 6, 14, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath unrighteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? This applies to all relationships in life, including intimate friendships, marriage, business, and church affiliations. Reading the 17th verse, Wherefore come out from among them, and be separate, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. This context refers to separation from all that is unclean, including unholy things and evil people. That is one aspect of separation. However, the Christian is also to be separated to God. A person living in the world cannot live entirely apart from the evil in the world, but he can refuse to have any part in the evil. It was the world which crucified the Savior. Not until the Christian lives a truly separated life can he have fellowship with God, his Heavenly Father, 
and not until then also will his service bear fruit for the Lord Jesus. One of the marks of a true born-again Christian is separation. Let's concern ourselves with some examples of separation, which are a very necessary part in our birthrights. The Apostle Paul, before his conversion, was a Pharisee. He was lined up with a group who adhered to the law of Moses. Paul carried out all the traditions, but in doing so, his heart became cold and dead. He served God with his lips, but his heart was far from him. One day, Paul had an unexpected and significant experience. He met Jesus on the dusty Damascus road. He was converted and regenerated that he is. That is, he was made over by transforming power of Christ. From that time on, he was a changed man. He separated himself from the old life and the old ways, but he suffered in doing so. Reading Acts 9, 15 to 16, But the Lord said unto him that Ananias, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me, to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And those who follow Jesus and stand up for his name will also suffer. The children of Israel, while in Egypt, were nothing but slaves, driven by the Egyptian lash. They lived from the flesh waters of a heathen country. And then Moses came to deliver them. He was a man sent from God. He led them out of Egypt, and his successor Joshua finally led them to the Promised Land. In that land, they were no longer slaves. They were free. They no longer craved the leeks and the garlic of Egypt, for they had eaten manna from heaven. They were no longer in the heathen land. They were in God's chosen land. They had a tremendous experience with God, and now they were a separated people. Their sin lay in the fact that they did not continue to live separated lives. They went so far away from God that they fell into idolatry, and God was forced to punish them because of it. But their leaving Egypt and going to Canaan was an example of separation. Thus, when we meet Jesus, we too, were to leave the sinful flesh pots of Egypt and enter into Canaan or a consecrated Christian life. Reading Romans 12, 1, 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that he present your bodies, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that it may prove what is a good and acceptable and perfect will of God. If you want to see the most beautiful, wonderful, separated man who ever lived, you have only to look at Jesus. He never sinned. He never needed no regenerating experience. And he lived a life of complete separation from the world. Jesus tells us, I am the way. Follow me. He was separated from sin and every appearance of evil. He walked among sinful people, but his soul walked the clean heights of God. He never went to a place that was wrong. He never did a wrong thing. He was never associated with evil. Oh, if we want to be like him, we must bear in our bodies the marks of separation. He was in the world, but not all the world. This world, this world is not our home or final resting place. We are to be separated from sinful companions. Many a man started out well in the beginning of his Christian walk, but soon he went back to his sinful companions and drifted into sin. Thus, dear viewers, when Jesus comes into your heart, you ought to say goodbye, my sinful friends. I can no longer walk with you. I'm going to travel with Jesus. Won't you come with me? Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 5.11, But now I have written unto you not to, come company, not to come keep company. If any man that is called a brother be a fornicator or a covetous or a daughter or a railer or a drunkard or an extortioner, with such a one know not to eat. However, you see a fault in your brother, admonish him as a brother, that he may be sound in the faith. Surely we ought to use every influence at our command to win them back to Jesus, but we should never go back with them into sin. It is probable that if you decide to live a separate life, you'll be forced to give up some of your friends. That's all right, because in their place, you have Jesus, the best friend in the world, who stick it closer than a brother. 
Reading Luke 6, 22-23. Blessed are ye, women shall hate you, and when they shall separate you from their company, they shall reproach you and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Rejoice ye in that day, and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven. For in the like manner did their fathers unto the prophets. Do you realize the Lord is doing you a favor when he separates you from your former friends? Read in 1 Peter 4, 2-4, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. For the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles when we walk in lasciviousness, lust, excess of wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries, wherein they think it strange that he run not with them to the same excess of right, speaking evil of you. Therefore, I implore each of you to hold on to your birthright the day you were saved. If you would like to know more about God's Word, the Church, and review these telecast presentations in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hall of His hands. The Church Band will conclude today's telecast with a song entitled, Take the name of Jesus with you.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.